0: Seven. Jake was right. It was crowded. We went from being three birds, each smaller than a chicken, to being three kids. We were jammed together, and it wasn't pretty. Merkel's hand and fingers were just emerging from his feathers when his arm bones sprouted and forced the fingers into my eyes. I twisted my head aside as well as I could, but my head was the size of a grapefruit with my eyes still stuck on the sides and a beak jammed tight into the space between two boxes, so it was hard to move. There was a pain in my back, and I had this jolt of fear. Was I feeling the morphing itself? The andalite morphing technology keeps that from happening, but was it failing somehow? The pain was pretty severe, like the pressure of a... well, of a knee being driven into my back. Jake, do you have your knee in? But just then... Thoughtspeak stopped working as we crossed the line from mostly seagull to mostly human. In another few seconds, we were packed together like sardines in a can. I could literally not move. We were one big mess of knees and elbows and twisted heads. This is ridiculous, I muttered. Morph to cockroach, Jake managed to whisper. I've never been crazy about morphing bugs, but this was one case where I was relieved. For once, I wanted to get small. I focused my thoughts on the cockroach, and somehow, I have no idea how, that triggered the cockroach DNA in my system to begin reformulating all the cells in my body. Of course, a cockroach is minuscule compared to a human being, so I was about to become half as big as my own thumb. According to Axe, all the excess mass gets pushed into zero space, where it sort of hangs like a big wad of guts and hair and stuff. As I morphed the cockroach, as I became smaller and smaller and smaller, more and more of me was being deposited in some blank, white non-space. It was not something I like to think about. In any case, the morphing itself was so disgusting, it distracted me from any such worries. See, although we were shrinking, we were all still pretty large when the cockroach features began to appear the extra legs, for example. Two extra legs sprouted from my chest. They just poked out like they belonged there. They came out looking like sticks just a few inches long, but they just grew and grew and became hairy and articulated. It happened to all of us at almost the same instant. Sploot! 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 Unfortunately, we hadn't shrunk to roach size yet. Morphing is never totally logical. Things happen in weird, unpredictable ways. The three of us were each about the size of cocker spaniels when the legs appeared, followed by insanely long antennae that shot from our foreheads and waved around madly like sensitive bullwhips. My regular legs were changing. My arms were changing. My face was changing. And that's never good. But it's even worse when you're watching this mirror image of yourself. Marco's smirky face was just six inches from mine, when big bug eyes popped out, and his lower face split into the creepy, grasping mouthparts of a cockroach. I've morphed a bunch of times. It is still a freak show nightmare. The box was getting big beneath me. Now there was so much room I could no longer see Jake at all. Marco was a vague, low slung shape, off across a smooth light brown cardboard plane. I tried out my thought speak. You guys there? Yeah, Jake replied. Let's take cover inside this box. I hadn't really looked at the box to notice what was inside. But I could see an open seam that looked like it was six feet wide. In reality, it was probably an inch. But an inch to a roach is way more space than necessary. A roach can squeeze through a space no wider than the thickness of a nickel. The final changes were taking place. The hard fingernail material that made up my outer body replaced the last vestiges of human flesh. The tiny remaining shreds of my liver and heart and lungs all disappeared to be replaced by the utterly primitive organs of the cockroach. My dim, blurry, distorted roach vision wasn't great, but I was used to it and could more or less make sense out of things as long as they were close. And in addition, I had my antennae. They were tingling with information that seemed like some weird mix of touch and smell. I felt the air currents around me, I felt the vibrations as the cook lifted a heavy load and trudged away. I sensed Marco and Jake, two fellow roaches, although their presence didn't matter much to the roach brain. But mostly, I smelled food. Lots and lots of food, very close by. Sweet! An overpowering smell touch, right beneath me. I powered my six legs and went jerking forward. Zoom! It's gross being a roach, but being a running roach is amazing. Your face is a millimeter from the ground, and you feel like you're going 200 miles an hour. It's as if someone strapped rockets on your back and shot you off across the ground, with your nose practically skimming on the dirt. I zoomed over to the big seam in the box. Now I could see Marco and Jake fairly clearly. We were all standing next to the edge. We couldn't see down inside, and it looked like a big rectangular well or something. What do you think is down there? Marco wondered. I don't know, I said. But it's some kind of food. Suddenly, vibrations. The men were coming back, and I felt a massive, jarring thud as they stuck the edge of the dolly beneath our stack of boxes. Let's do it, I yelled. I powered straight out into the darkness, and fell through the perfumed air. I hate when she says that. Marco groaned. Any time Rachel says, let's do it, and that insane, suicidal, rock-and-roll way of hers, disaster can't be far away. Chapter 8 I fell. Down and down and down. Probably at least three inches. I hit bottom, only bottom wasn't flat. It was curved and pitched. I grabbed with the tiny claws at the ends of my legs, but I slipped further before I could latch on. Jake and Marco dropped not far away. I looked around as well as I could in the gloom. I was standing on something almost cylindrical, except that it was also curved. And pressed right in beside this curved cylinder was another, each maybe ten times my own body length. And wait! Others, all around. In addition to being cylindrical and curved, now I could see that they tapered down to a blunt tip. Some of these curved things were gathered together at one end like a bunch of... Bananas, Marco said. We're in a crate of bananas. Oh, that must be what we were smelling. The sweet smell, Jake said. Good, this should be easy. They're moving us now. In a few seconds, we'll be inside. Gross, roaches on bananas, I said, making conversation while we waited. Maybe that's why Cassie always washes her bananas before she peels them. No, Jake said. It's because of pesticides. You know, poisons. Poisons? Marco said nervously. I don't feel sick. At least, I don't think I feel sick. It would just be trace amounts, Jake said. But I suppose they spray poison on the bananas down in wherever... Ecuador or wherever. Ecuador? That just popped into your head? Ecuador? Marco demanded. Besides, Cassie's probably wrong. What's going to eat through banana skin? This skin is like foot-thick leather. I think it's for the spiders, I said. Haven't you ever heard how sometimes there are tarantulas crawling around bananas? Happens all the time. They come up in the holds of ships and... "'Excuse me? Tarantulas?' Marco squeaked. "'Oh, come on. What are the odds that there is a tarantula in this particular crate of bananas?' "'Unfortunately, right at that moment, I got the answer. "'The crate was out of the truck, and a bright beam of sunlight shone down through the opening in the box. "'A brilliant shaft illuminated the bananas. "'It was a bizarre landscape. Curves everywhere.' like someone with a projector had drawn an endless jumble of arcs. It was about eight inches away, sitting comfortably atop a bunch of bananas. It was, no exaggeration, as big as an elephant to me. Um, guys, don't anyone make any sudden movements, okay? Oh, please, Marco said. How lame do you think we are, Rachel? Now you're going to pretend there's a tarantula in here? So I'm supposed to go screaming around like a nitwit while you laugh yourself sick. Marco? Jake? Just look behind you. I guess they looked. Ah! They ran. The spider moved. Roaches are fast. Tarantulas are faster. I would never have believed something that big could move that fast. But I guess it had been a long hungry boat ride up from Ecuador for the tarantula. ''Rachel, where are you?'' Jake yelled. Eight hairy legs were a blur. All I could focus on was a huge, ripping beak like a hawk's, and eight eerie eyes all in a cluster in that huge, hairy face. It was after me. I motored. I leapt as well as my roach legs could leap. In some tiny corner of my tiny roach brain, I heard the cockroach instinct screaming, ''Fly! Fly!'' I fluttered open the hard shell that covered my gossamer roach wings, and I flew. I flew nowhere. Maybe two inches. Roaches can't fly where the— It was on me! Looming over me! The sunlight streamed down, and then a shadow. Not the shadow of the spider. Something bigger, further away. I was looking up at nostril. A pair of huge, hairy human nostrils. And beyond them, weirdly bright human eyes. I tried to run, but the spider reared up, flailing its front legs like a frightened horse. It jammed one of those legs down so fast I didn't see it move. A claw grabbed my left middle leg. I fought and twisted, but there was no escape. Huge fangs were descending on me. Then... uh, 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 A spider! Everything went nuts. The bananas were flying. We were falling, me and the tarantula, which still refused to let me go. Monstrous bananas, each as big as a concrete sewer pipe, fell toward us. But the spider and I were falling too. Wham! Bananas all over me. Brilliant sunlight everywhere. In panic, the cook had knocked the pile of bananas off his dolly. The banana crate had smashed down onto the floor, just inside the loading dock. What are you doing with my bananas? The truck driver yelled. Then, Ah, jeez, kill it! I'd been battered and beaten by falling bananas, but that spider still had me. And now, in addition to the sheer screaming panic I felt, the roach brain was adding the terror of sudden, bright light. Run, the roach brain yammered. Run, my brain agreed. Stomp it, someone yelled in a voice that vibrated down through my body. A huge, slow-moving shadow came down and down and down. Squish? A banana exploded under the impact of the giant shoe. It gushed banana goo, sweet and sticky, all over us. And still that tarantula held me. Eight huge expressionless black eyes glared down. The gnashing, hungry beak strained for the chance to rip me open. Is that one of you? Tobias cried from far away. Thanks be to a million years of evolution that has given the hawk its magnificent eyes. Oh yes, oh yes. Love those eyes. It's me! I yelled. I didn't see Tobias come falling from the sky. All I saw was a blur of big, craggy talons snatch the spider up, up, and away. I kept my grip on a banana. My leg was ripped away by the spider, which flatly refused to let go. It hurt in a sort of vague, distant kind of way, but roaches are pretty tough. Let's move! Jake said. Head toward the shade. That should be the inside of the building. We moved out. I moved a little more slowly, and with a tendency to drift toward the side with the missing leg. And from high above, I heard Tobias say, Hmm, not bad. Not bad at all. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I'd like to apologize for a bit of a shorter episode this week. I've had just a really tough focus week uh, today. My brain just did not want to buckle down and and do what I wanted it to. But, um, you know, I I figured get something out rather than nothing out. So here you go. Uh, I got a message today uh, through my website, theapocalypse.com. That's the Apocalypse. It's like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. It's a pun. Uh, but this is from Hell, uh, who uses it, its pronouns. I want to thank you, Daniel, for doing the audiomorph series. I'm a graveyard senior for a company in Portland, a city you hint at being from too. Your Audiomorphs readings really help me to get through and get entertained when I am trying not to fall asleep, while filing long and difficult reports in the middle of the night. I've been wanting to get into Animorphs for a while because a lot of my friends are into it. It's apparently really popular in the trans community, from what I've heard. I guess we all have reasons to want to morph. So yeah, thanks, Daniel. You're the best. Uh, thank you so much, Hal. Uh, I am not in Portland, actually, though you have the right coast. I am on the West Coast. Uh, I am in California. Uh, Southern California. Um... Stay safe out there. I hear the fires are really bad up near Portland. And also, of course, the protests um, are up there as well that have been increasingly uh, kind of ooh. So uh, I I hope you're doing all right, Hal. I've also done graveyard shifts in my life. They are the pits. So I'm glad that I give you something to focus on uh, while you're doing that. And uh, yeah, thank you for writing in. Thank you for appreciating this podcast. You're right. I know a ton of trans people who also love Animorphs. Um, probably has something to do with the morphing thing, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your support. I don't have really anything else um, to put here, so, you know, just your standard stuff. Uh, Previously mentioned my website, theapocalypse.com, has all my stuff on it, as as well as a way to reach me. You can also reach me using audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. If you use Apple Podcasts, Sorry, if you can't tell, my brain has been a mess this week, as I said. I Words are hard. But if you use Apple Podcasts and you'd like to leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate it. All right, I'm going to stop taking up your time here. I'm going to stop taking up my time here. Let's all get on and do some other stuff. Um, but I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.